You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the CCB GTT evening call. This is Wednesday, November the 23rd, 2022. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome Heather Walkis here tonight to speak to us about the Dexcom system for monitoring glucose levels, diabetes. Now, Heather, I met Heather for the first time when we were in guide dog class together. Heather is a very accomplished lady. She is the chair of the Council of Canadians with Disabilities. She's a member of CCB. She's a lifelong advocate and works tirelessly for all of our community. So I'd really like to thank Heather for coming to do this presentation for us. And I will turn it over to you to proceed as you see fit. Thank you, Kim. Hi, everybody. That is the obnoxious sound I hear when I have a low and I'm sleeping because I've set up my Dexcom 6 to be able to wake me up and that is the one sound that will always wake me up when I have a sugar low and I'm drowsy. But before I get into the obnoxious sounds of uh, the Dexcom 6, I want to talk to you about uh, what else this, uh, some, some history of how we got here. And so I wanna give you a short understanding of how we got to this technology. For centuries, people have used different tools to diagnose, diagnose and treat conditions and illnesses. We all have had people check our, um, our foreheads and to determine if we're hot. We've developed thermometers that went into your mouth and your ear, and now we have thermometers that can read from a distance our temperatures. The first major implantable device we may all remember is the pacemaker. From then, the same is around developing technology to read heart rate, blood pressure, etc. Always technology is ever trying to make products that are easier to use, give accurate readings, last a long time, and are affordable. This affordability is a huge part of us taking control over our health and our health care. We're more informed and can be more informed than at any other time in history. We have become advocates for our own health decisions. As a result, wearable biosensors have received tremendous attention over the past decade, mainly concentrated in the healthcare industry, which attempts to apply physical signals such as heart rate, blood pressure, skin temperature, and body motion to extract clinically relevant information. Wearable devices are real-time, and non-invasive, they are biosensors allowing for the continuous monitoring of individuals and thus providing sufficient information for determining our own health status. They even give preliminary medical diagnosis. In addition, wearable biosensors allow healthcare providers to monitor the physiological traits of patients after treatment. For example, after we get it, take a dose of insulin, these biosensors will tell you exactly what's going on in your body. 
For diabetics, having the tools to give us accurate and instant readings is essential in controlling the progression of the disease. So the tools available to us have been developed and the idea of continuous monitoring is here in the form of these, bi these what we call bi uh, biological wearables. Just a bit of science, most of us are familiar with pricking our fingers with a needle, then putting a drop of blood on a stick in a reader, which reads our blood glucose level. 5.5 to 7.5 is the main area we're trying to stick within. There are other ways as well to read our blood glucose levels other than blood. It's through perspiration in our skin. The skin has many bio, what they call biomarkers or things that they can test now to see how we're doing rather than drawing blood. And combined with that, the uh, miniaturization of biosensing devices that used to be quite large are now less than half the size of a baby fingernail and even smaller. Um, microelectronics and the extensive battery life of very tiny batteries and wireless communication technologies like Bluetooth, the wearable monitoring systems are becoming deeply embedded in our lives. So let's enter the Dexcom 6 technology. Once you get through all their extensive packaging, and believe me, it is extensive, um, you have three important parts, the sensor, the transmitter, and the app. If you do not have a have smartphone technology, the Dexcom has a standalone reader that it will read through your Bluetooth, uh, your, your transmitter on, on your body. So you don't have no. to have um, smartphones to use it. The sensor, it's a piece that sits on your skin and continuously reads your perspiration marker for blood glucose levels. It's the battery lasts 10 days and every 10 days you change it. So the pharmacy will give you a box usually of three sensors every month. The sensor comes in already a small plastic gun that fits into your hand. The sensor on the back has very sticky adhesive tape and that sticks to your skin. The gun is spring-loaded, and once you remove the protective covering, you set the sticky side on your skin and push the button. And with some force, it pushes, springs that onto your skin and allows the stickiness to be firmly pushed down onto your skin, which is what holds it. The center, the sensor itself is about an inch and a half long, by an inch wide with sticky tape that juts around it. Maybe, what do you think, Matt? About a quarter of an inch around it? Yeah, approximately. Okay. So you can shower, you can swim. It will not detach unless you put force on it. And a lot of times our clothing might get stuck on it and that might pull the this, pull this sticky uh, stuff off your skin. Um, the sensor can be attached to your upper arm, which is where I put mine, um, and I alternate every 10 days. So uh, they say to do that so that this uh, that sticky tape doesn't erode your skin. 
So you give it a breathing space, 10 days apart, or you can put it on your abdomen, about four to five inches from your belly button. I find my clothing disrupts anything on my stomach. So I like my arm better, but it's your choice where you wanna put it. The sensor has a code and you register that in your app and it will remind you when it's time to change it. The transmitter. The transmitter is slightly smaller than the sensor and it snaps into the sensor once it's been applied to your skin. It has a larger end that tapers down so it becomes easy to know which way it snaps in. Might take you a couple of times to figure that out, but once you got it, you got it. The transmitter sends information by Bluetooth to your app every five minutes. It has a battery life of three months. So when you remove the sensor every 10 days, you take out the transmitter and then put it back into the new sensor once that's been applied to your skin. The transmitter does have a code and you put that into your app as well. And the app will remind you when to change it. Now, one thing you should know is that when you first put your new sensor on your, your skin, it will take two hours to warm up and be able to read um, the perspiration on the top of your skin. It does not dig into your skin, however, it just sits there. The app, and there's two apps, one that works with the transmitter and sensor, and one that you can set up to send your information to, like a parent for children or your healthcare provider. If you use the second app and set up sending it, say your local health nurse, uh, diabetes nurse who is monitoring you, uh, be ready to be accountable because they know every high, every low, and when you take insulin and when you don't. Um, it's really important to know what's going on, especially um, when you are type two, because you can be you can be in control of your sugars um, with good eating and how you exercise. So it's um, it doesn't lie, and they'll come after you. Matt, I want to stop here for a minute and just ask you. Um, what I've said, you are also a Dexcom 6 user. Does it fit within your understanding? And maybe give a few examples of, of that before I go into what's in the app. Um, yeah, the Dexcom, it is tricky to use the first couple of times. Once you get onto it, then it's a lot easier. Um, like you say, Heather, uh, you, you're uh, read your blood sugar every five minutes, um, and the, it allows your health practitioner to um, really monitor you. Um, I dropped uh, two points on my A1C um, just the first time I used it uh, for a month, so they are very good. And um, as far as uh, once you got the hang of using it, do you find you have uh, uh, pretty much success with it? Maybe you can speak to just your relationship with Dexcom when the odd time the sensor has gone down on you. Okay. Um, to start off with, I probably wasn't doing a lot of stuff properly. I 
getting the breaking the um, the old sensor off from the transmitter. I just took the sticky tape off, and I'm trying to figure out. I had them on the, the helpline, everything, and nobody could figure it out. Finally, I took it over to a, a pharmacist, and he says, I think there's a cover on here. I took the cover off, and bang, we dropped it in, and I was off and running again. But it's, uh, you know, there's things that you have to watch out for. Um, like you say, some clothing will catch on it. I find you really have to rip it to to rip that tape off. And even if I do rip it off, if I use my finger and go around it three or four times, it sticks back down. So it, it's my my biggest problem is putting the transmitter code in because that's got letters and numbers. Um, as far as just putting the uh, sensor code in, I don't have any problem doing that anymore. Okay, great. So that brings us to the app, um, especially around the, the sensor codes, uh, because they're, you can put them in manually and you can put them in through a QR code if you can line up your, your camera for that. So those are two ways to do it. Now the front page of your app usually has your numbers and below that there's a, a graph showing it going up and down. In the graph, there's a dot for every five minutes. And so you will always be able to, someone will be able to read that and be able to tell you if you had uh, spiked or not. In the app, the first thing you'll see on the second page under events is add an event. And this is all easy to do with um, uh, voiceover. Um, what you do is you add an event and it asks you, is it long or short uh, type of insulin? And then what is the number, uh, the amount of units you're putting in? And then you hit add, confirm, and you're done. So it doesn't take long. There is a place to put in your, um, uh, to add in when you eat bread and stuff. I don't bother. I don't want them to know what I eat when I eat it. So I don't bother with that. They plan one day to be able to put everything you eat in it, but I'll, I'll find that too fussy. I like things that are quick, easy to do on with it. I can look after my own eating habits without someone monitoring it. You can also add your long acting at the same time. You can, um, what I like about it too is that it gives you a rundown of today and yesterday and how many units you used. You can also um, change the time. Sometimes I'll forget, I'll take the insulin, eat, and then an hour later remember to put in my that I took insulin and I can change the time backwards to uh, meet that. And so that's page two. And then you, if you go back to the first page, you go to settings. There's a lot of settings. So you have a lot of control over this um, little piece of wearable. You can decide um, what kinds of alerts you have. You can uh, decide, is it an urgent low? which is 3.1, um, um, urgent low soon, lows, highs, the rise rate, the fall rate, signal loss, and no readings. 
And all of those things you can turn on and off. The only thing you cannot turn off is the ones that are embedded. And those, um, you, but you can turn off it talking to you. But when you reach certain levels like 3.1, it'll automatically go off unless you've shut off um, the sound altogether. You can, add, and what's nice too, when they call, talk about rise rate, fall rate, when you get your reading, and I'll do a reading now, and no, no uh, shame going to me because I know it's high. Hey, Suri, what's my sugars? Okay, viewing, you're 13.4 and steady. No, it said I'm steady. What that means is it's not going up and it's not going down. Sometimes it'll say 13.4 and rising. Then I know, oh, I, I better catch this before it goes too high. Or it'll say 13.4 um, and rapidly uh, falling. So I'll, I'll know that I need to get food fairly soon. So it gives you those indicators, not just the number, but whether it's going up, down, or steady. And that is really helpful for control, knowing a, a little ahead of time what you have to do. And you can then set any time you want, what kind of alert and at what time. So that obnoxious sound you heard, that sound is the one I've programmed in for my, my lows that'll wake me up but you have many, many of them. Um, I'll just share with you a few of them. Okay, so the baby crying is the obnoxious one. <laughs> there's beeps, there's uh, doorbells, there's uh, like a siren going off, there's tons. Of it's amazing when you're using the Dexcom um, for instance, if you have uh, rice with a meal, that just skyrockets my blood sugar right away. So I know uh, it's going to go up. Um, and I have a, um, a Kirkland uh, um, bar, uh, and it's got a lot of nuts in it, and that doesn't that doesn't affect my blood sugar right away, so it's no good for a low. But if I want to have something that's going to have us have me steady, then I could have a this granola bar. But it's it's amazing how the Dexcom can assist you in monitoring yourself as to I'll call it self monitoring to know how certain foods are going to affect my blood sugar. Uh, for instance, sushi, sushi is something that will just skyrocket my blood sugar. In discussion with my doctor, she said, okay, if you're going for sushi, she said, double your insulin, take it 20 minutes before you eat. Oh, okay. But it, it just allows you to keep, to monitor yourself a lot better. Yeah, that's a really good point around that is that you become more interactive with your own health care because you know what's going on in your body and knowing certain foods like rice, which is a starch. Some people are very 
susceptible because starch turns into sugars in your bloodstream. So some people who are quite sensitive to that, it'll skyrocket it like pasta will. Um, some people eating whole grain bread with peanut butter doesn't really affect them. So it really individualizes how you can eat and know what things to avoid. And as Matt said, your, your provider, your healthcare provider can assist you in getting better controls and still living in a real world. The other thing that it, it does is you can set up that Surrey shortcut, however you want to ask it. So it has on the list um, uh, what under settings, your Surrey shortcuts, press that and it'll give you one they've got or you can change it, it's up to you. The same thing with, um, you can use Apple Health or not. It gives you the numbers uh, for your transmitter and your sensors and what dates they um, will expire and they give you the time. Now this is an interesting thing because these batteries is what expires, not the actual micro uh, sensors in them. These batteries are so calculated to go right to the minute that they expire, not the day, not, you know, in the morning. It's 1032 um, AM and that's when it'll expire because that's when it warmed up and started working that activates that battery. So it's a, it's a very precise um, technology around that. Um, yeah, you also have once in a while, it'll, it, it will start telling you to calibrate. So don't throw away your regular, you know, prick your finger, get your blood testing. Uh, uh, Glucose monitor. Yeah, your, your monitor, because once in a while you calibrate. And what happens is you wash your hands, you stick your finger, you read off your monitor, and then you type in the number that your monitor says. So it does a check to see how accurate and it will make its own adjustments around that. The support is excellent. I can tell you both Matt and I have on occasion where the uh, battery has failed early, we phone them and they send you another Dexcom and it's delivered within uh, like another sensor within a day or two. I mean, I don't know how this, no wonder the cost is so high because their, their uh, support is so good and you can phone them on the weekends and I'll tell them, the only thing you have, I suggest people do is um, know your lot numbers because they'll ask you for that. And I usually just take a picture and then I'll have it ready. And um, if something fails over the next month, I'll already have the lot number and I just email them that picture. And so they have that information because they want to know in their manufacturing what's going wrong so they can fix it. So they just keep getting better. I haven't had a failure in months and months. And I used to have one every six weeks, but now I'm, I'm not getting those battery failures. They've done a lot of work. I, I just had a question. It came about um, like forgive my ignorance about diabetes so they don't have tons of knowledge, but before you wouldn't really know 
like Matt, when you were saying your sugars would go sky high if you eat rice or this kind of thing, when would you, you wouldn't, you might not know that for days or for times, like there would be these fluctuations that you would never know you were in a bit of trouble. I don't mean extreme trouble. Is that the case? So you could be really out of control up and down all over the place and not know it? You'd have to prick your finger to be able to know where you're at. And Matt, you would what? Identify your, your highs. Um, also, I find that I get very thirsty. You know, there are other cues that I will get uh, knowing full well, okay, I know I'm high. Or maybe I've had that second pint of beer and I know, oh, yeah, it's going to go high. I know it's going to go high and I can adjust for it with my insulin. So, but before I've the next come, you couldn't do that as well. No, that's, right? what I, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. One of the and, problems is that you, with the finger pricking, it, uh, is it's a one test, one time only. So you could test at 3.30 and have a pint of beer and think you're okay or five, 10 minutes later and you're fine. And then not check again for hours. And so it really is easier to have every five minutes because you, you get a sense of the gradual change as a result of what you eat and the lows you get when you exercise. Yeah. Because that um, also impacts. Sorry, Matt, go in ahead. A, in a spin class, for instance, I can drop uh, six to seven points um, in a 50-minute spin class. So when I go into that class, I have to make sure that I'm sort of in the area of 13 and have something that's going to get into my system while I'm actually at the spin class, for instance, like a banana or something like that. And there are times where all of a sudden I'll hear this beep, 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 and I know it's a low blood sugar. So I have to get off the bike and deal with it. But uh, the nice thing about the Dexcom is it lets you know before you get into very serious trouble. That's great. Thank you. Uh, and I also wondered if um, I know there's sort of the two systems, the Dexcom and the, and the Freestyle Lee, right? Um, I'm sure you both researched both of those. And I wonder why did you pick this one over the other one, perhaps? Well, the Libre for me, you have to take your phone and put it on it for it to read it. It doesn't send a Bluetooth signal every five minutes. And being, you know, I, I get caught up in my work, so I don't pay attention and check it. So for me, having the Dexcom that's immediate, and if you're going too high or too low, it tells me I don't have to do the checking. My endocrinologist recommended the Dexcom to me. Uh, it was also that it was covered under Fair Pharmacare, I think, before the the other one was. That's a good point, and that brings us to cost. Um, it's $99 per sensor. So every 10 days, that's $100. For the um, 
it's another $100 for the transmitter. So every three months, it's an additional $100. Um, one of the things that uh, many people have done is convinced a couple of provinces to cover it without any issue. BC covers 3,000 test strips a year for people automatically. If you have diabetes, you can get them. No questions asked. For the Dexcom, you just got to get your doctor and do some paperwork and it's a special request, but they've never turned anyone down. I, uh, I believe Nova Scotia was looking at doing it. Ontario, last check, has not um, decided to take on the cost. They'd rather take on the cost of uncontrolled diabetes, which is extremely high. So slowly across the country, um, the provincial health care um, systems are deciding to invest in the, the Dexcom. It's amazing, Heather. I've been a diabetic for 56 years. And when I first became a diabetic, uh, in order to do a blood sugar, I had to go into the hospital and they would th then draw the blood. Um, and now, you know, life is so much easier with the Dexcom. You know, you know, there's all sorts of different types of insulins. And um, when I became a diabetic, there was only one insulin, the beef and pork. So it's, it's amazing how far um, diabetes care has come but it's really, uh, I think a lot of the the, uh, the advancements, such as the Dexcom, has allowed the the number of people who have lost vision because of uh, diabetes um, has really started to decrease. Will really start to decrease because of so much better control. Uh, yeah. Heather, you said there was a graph with a data point every five minutes, uh, which is not accessible with the app, but would the app at least give you the peak and low values, minimal and maximum values over a period of time? The other app does, but again, it's more visual than it is. I've tried it with my, um, with my voiceover and it's not that good. So there's and more than one app for Dexcom? Yeah, this, the second app is for your healthcare provider or your parent to be able to monitor you. So if you're a kid with this on them and you go to school, your your parent can monitor you. Okay, so then I probably answers another question that popped in my head when you were speaking, which is um, you, you mentioned they know everything about you. Well, who is they? Is, is the is the app itself or transmitting to Dexcom or somebody like, do you not have control over the privacy? Yeah. Dexcom has a privacy uh, setup and all the information currently goes to their servers. Yeah. And then they download that to um, whoever you've assigned, if anyone for you uh, to receive that information. So you can't use this device without designating somebody to receive the data. No, that's not true. That's why it's a separate app. 
You can either have it privately that Dexcom doesn't track it, or you can have it the tracking one. That's why they separated them. It's your oh. choice. Okay. I, for instance, Jerry, before, um, my, I would have to go in with my blood sugar monitor and they would download the, the information at my doctor's office. Now I can simply give her access to it through Dexcom. And during COVID, she just gave me a call and say, okay, this is, you know, this is where you're at. I might make one small change and you're off and running again. So it makes life a lot easier when you can just download it to who you want it to go to, share your information. Okay, so it sounds like physicians are on board with this device to a great extent? Oh, yes. I know what mine is anyway. Okay, and um, what you mentioned about $300 a month to maintain the sensors, what would be equivalent cost of of strips to test your blood from your fingertip? Like if you had 3,000 of those in a year, what do they cost? They're free in BC. I don't know what they are across the country. No, I'm just trying to compare costs yeah, to the healthcare system. If they're, they're willing about... to pay for $3,000, 3,000 strips, what would the equivalent be? Matt? For... I believe the strips are worth about thirty dollars uh, a bottle, and there's fifty. Oh, there's fifty. Is it that much, Heather? Okay. Oh, maybe not. Well, I guess it depends which company, but yeah, that sounds about right. Thirty to fifty for about thirty dollars, depending on the company that makes your re your. Uh... And there's fifty strips to a container, isn't there? Yeah, there's fifty strips. So three thousand. That's okay. And can a blind person with without a without this technology, the Dexcom, can a blind person monitor blood sugars with a strip? You can if you get a talking blood sugar mo monitor. Oracle is the outfit that does the talking monitor. Is that the only one that's available? Um, there's a few other cheaper ones, but I found they didn't accurately reflect my blood sugars. When I would do a blood sugar blood test sugar. and a blood test at the clinic, there was usually five to eight points difference on the cheaper Ooh. talking ones. Okay. And um, the one thing I, my last, uh, my AccuCheck that I used to use, I would take seeing AI and have it read my numbers that's how i read my numbers up until the dexcom um and that was the only way i could read them heather does does this connect via bluetooth yes okay now if there is some issue with bluetooth where your phone might accidentally drop bluetooth or or something like that does it does it warn you or does it tell you yes it lets you know it's dropped the signal's dropped and you can go and try to um, reconnect it. They, they give you a list of things to do. One is to shut it on and back on, off, off and on your Bluetooth, and also to um, just wait up to 30 minutes. Okay, and I've, I don't, I've 
can't recall that I've ever used two Bluetooth devices at the same time, but let's say I'm out walking and I got my, I don't know, my aftershocks on, or I'm in the car and the phone is connected to the car system. So does those, do those Bluetooth connections uh, negate the Dexcom? No, I, I've got a pair of uh, Bose sunglasses with the, that, are connected by Bluetooth. And I also have a keyboard that connects by Bluetooth for my phone. And I've never had my uh, Dexcom disconnect because of that. Okay. It's my understanding you can have up to five Bluetooth items connected at a time. You know, the other thing I really, really appreciate about the Dexcom 6 is when I'm out with friends and I'm eating and I can just very quietly find out my blood sugars, don't have to go in the bathroom, pick my finger and make a big do about it. It just allows me that freedom to let me know when I need to know what's what. And by using, except for the obnoxious baby crying, just the odd, you know, depending what alert you use, um, it's just a, 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 just a gentle nudge to you that something's changing and pay attention. And it's just a, a beautiful way to not have to make all the attention on yourself when you're out in public. And I, it's hard enough to be blind out there, but it's really hard to be stealth about it. And this is one thing I can be a little more stealth. Right. Um, and I appreciate that a lot. Can you have an alert that's not uh, text? It's not voiceover announced? Uh, what am I saying? Like a, um, a vibration of some sort? Same yes, question. there yeah. is a vibration only. So it can vibrate or you can have a tone or an obnoxious baby or whatever. And it goes off and then it stops. And you can set it how many times it'll alert you oh, okay. until you do something. That was my question. Could you just pause the alert? Let's say if you had the baby alert and then you were out at a restaurant, could you just have it vibrate for that period of time and then go, you know, go back? I mean, put it, I guess, on do not disturb or whatever. Yep. You cool. can do that. In fact, I've had it on vibrate and thought I was getting a phone call because I'd shut off my phone. And so my <laughs> phone was vibrating. So I had to check, was it a, you know, which, which vibration was it? for the phone or the Dexcom. So yeah, you have total control how it interacts with you. That's pretty cool. That was a good point. Corey just mentioned do not disturb. So I'm assuming Heather that it bypasses your do not disturb if you had do not disturb on at night and you're getting a notification. Yeah. You will still get it. Oh, yeah. I'll get it. But <laughs> I'll tell you the reason I do that. Because I did, I read a, uh, several studies that the majority of people, when they get lows, it's in their sleep. And the majority of people who die in their sleep of diabetes is because of the lows. And that shuts down their body system. So that is your most dangerous time for a diabetic is to have a low while you're sleeping. Because a low makes you sleepy. And it makes you your brain fogs and your body moves in slow motion if it gets slow enough. And it's like, you've got to push through that to get to your juice or to get to your candy or whatever 
you use to quickly bring that blood sugar back up. Now, Janet, you are a person who had diabetes and yes. um, you have shifted that because of a medical treatment you've had, but compared to when you had it and what you're hearing now, 30 years later, how do you, what do you think about the way we've talked about the Dexcom 6? It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. But the, what, what I like about it is um, I did not always feel the blood sugar dropping or rising, especially if it was slow. Like if your blood sugar suddenly drops like a stone, you feel the symptoms or I felt the symptoms pretty quick. But if it was a gradual drop, I could get into serious trouble before I even knew it was dropping. So having that five minute check-in with your machine, um, that would have prevented a, a lot of problems for me. So now are you, are you um, okay, because you no longer have diabetes and um, when you did that, it was that a contributing factor for you why you now have a dog? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, why, I mean, uh, it caused kidney failure, it caused the blindness. So um, I, was, I was what they call a brittle diabetic and it's a combination of just, my body did not deal with diabetes very well. I, I tried very hard to control it, but I just had a lot of difficulty. I did the same things a lot of my friends were doing, but didn't seem to work for me. I just got into trouble a lot. I think if I'd had something like, this machine, it would have given me way better tools to keep myself from harm. Yeah. Thank you, Janet. I wasn't trying to out you, but you're pretty <laughs> open about. Oh, I always this. am. Yeah. So, in 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 case, and I I think there's a few people here who know. I had a kidney pancreas transplant, so by getting the pancreas as well. I have a working pancreas, pancreas, so I am not an active diabetic, but there could come a time for me when the organs fail and um, diabetes could be in my life again. So I'm always interested in what's new in, in these tools in monitoring, self-monitoring. You never know when it's going to be relevant to me again. Hi, Heather, and, you, you mentioned the costs of the um, thanks, Janet, by the way, for sharing that. That was quite informative to hear that story. Uh, anyway, Heather, you said the cost of the transmitter and the sensors. Is the unit itself free or is that? That is, is the unit. That is the unit, yeah. Because the, the transmitter that you replace every, uh, whatever it was, every month, three every, months three months that that's actually the electronics, the transmitter, the Bluetooth and all that stuff. Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The, it's really important to know that wearables are small, like the Apple watch, like they're small, like this is smaller than the Apple watch. Or if you took the Apple watch and kind of bent it in, that's about the size of it. And I don't even notice it's there. Like I forget it's there. So it's not something that you're, They've done a, an amazing amount of work on making sure that really sticky tape, it doesn't irritate you. 
So even if you were wearing short sleeve uh, top of some sort, that would be visible, but not not obtrusive or obvious to anyone casual. No, no, it wouldn't. It's gray in color, if that matters to anybody. I don't know, but it's gray in color, but it's just, it's there. I guess, you know, if someone looked and went, oh, what's that on your arm, you know? Um, yeah, you could just say, oh, that's my monitor or whatever. But yeah. I think more and more people are getting used to having wearables that most people that know about them, it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. Well, and a predecessor was the patch for quitting smoking and things like that, too. Yeah. So that And nitroglycerin was... patches, like there's people with oh, heart right. that wear those. Pain. There's pain patches. Yeah. There's yeah. Uh, patches now, uh, birth control patches. There's just all sorts of things in patches. And that was the thing, too, when I was reading up on the science of this, the biggest issue they had was making those patches comfortable but also durable, that they didn't interfere with your day-to-day -day life. And that was a huge part of the building of the technology was keeping the user in mind as opposed to just developing something that made you look weird. The, the one thing I have, I want to say, is the thing that thanks me the most are my fingertips. Oh, yeah, man. from pricking, pricking your fingers. Eh? Yeah. Especially yeah. a Braille reader, I suppose. Eh? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, Did, do you find with your pricking your fingers, was it accurate in terms of getting it onto the strip as a, as a totally blind person? Like I know, Heather, you said you could, or, or you both said you had talking glucometers, but in terms of pricking the fingers, were you able to be pretty accurate or? Well, or no, no, no. I ruined a lot of scripts. Yeah. <laughs> right. You put them backwards yeah. into your reader. You put them upside down. You think you hit the strip at the right place, but you didn't. But where I loved a, a reader was the AccuCheck mobile, because instead of strips, it had a cartridge that you would put in that had 50 tests in it and you close it up and you'd put your finger right on the end of it. And then when you were, uh, you'd slide open a little doorway that the strip would be exposed, but it didn't stick out. It was just on a, a circle. So you would, you would, I mean, I'd get blood all over the end of my, my, acu of my reader, but it would hit the strip. And I was so oh. on it, like it was so great, but I'll tell you, pricking my fingers, and not having to do that anymore. Oh my God, it is so, I'm almost thinking there's feeling coming back into my ends of my fingers now. My tactile is, is better, yeah. but it's taken months and months to heal after yeah. years of testing that way. And when you think about the price of all those strips that you waste, like waste, because of that waste, you know, that this is a bet, way better deal in, in those ways as well, um, I would well, think. In long term of your life, if you can, yeah. if I would say to anyone who listens to this uh, podcast, I would say, if you want to do advocacy, your, your, your uh, family member or you are part of this, this club 
of diabetics, feel free to push on your, um, your provincial healthcare system um, and lobby to have this covered because the long-term costs of diabetes, of the amount of, of uh, as, as uh, Matt was saying, you know, in the olden days, you'd go and get your, your blood sugars read, at, go for a blood test at the hospital. Well, that's not control because it can change in five minutes, like the weather. So you really have to have something of this caliber to be able to do as Matt talked about and what um, Janet spoke about, control over our lives and our decision-making in looking after our own healthcare. So we can live productive lives. I mean, heart disease, uh, uh, all sorts of strokes, uh, uh, losing your limbs, um, <laughs> kidney transplants. These Vision. cost the system a lot. And so this is cheaper. And so that's, that's the road I would go down to lobby for this. Yeah, and that's stage I, advice, yeah. And, you know, longevity. Most of the diabetics I knew when I was became a diabetic, they're not here anymore. Yeah. And that's the sad part because, you know, uh, when, when I became a diabetic, uh, the doctor was talking to my sister and he said, I would be dead by the time I'm 40. Now, I'm glad I proved him wrong, and <laughs> I plan on living a lot longer. But there is a lot of diabetics that have passed away. Yeah. And Matt, being 102, you're a testament to someone who looks after their health. Oh, thank you, Heather. <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. Well, I'm, I've, got, I've shared everything I know and more. Yeah, yeah, great presentation and very beneficial. And I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing it. So I'm glad we proceeded with it. And I, and I know you put a lot of time and energy into it, Heather. And thank you for doing that. And Matt also and, and Janet for joining us. So uh, so I, I'm thanking everybody so much for this, for all of your sharing and your expertise and your careful research and explanations of the Dexcom system and the comparisons to other ways of treating or uh, managing diabetes in the past and, and currently. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at 1-877-304-0968. You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog. If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to gttsupport plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.org.